Well, hello and welcome to this podcast. This is Ian Wacone. I'm, I'm the edition editor of Education and Practice, and I'm going to talk to you about the December 2015 edition of Education and Practice. Um, I've done all the right things to get my room ready for making this podcast, so I've shut the cats out, I've balanced the microphone on a sweater so it's not making vibration noises, but you might be able to hear fireworks in the background, and I'll explain why at the end of the podcast. Um, So for those of you who are desperate to find out, fast forward about seven minutes, but otherwise stick around and then I'll tell you. So... Time has got this habit of marching on, which I suppose is a pretty banal observation. If you wonder what makes particular things pop to the surface of my mind while I'm writing and reading um, education and practice, you might guess that I've been reading a story that's got a lot to say about time at the moment. In fact, I've been reading uh, the the first 15 lives of Harry August by Claire North, and that's left me in a sort of fairly reflective mode. I figure I'm probably, well, perhaps halfway through my career as a consultant, although who knows when I'll actually be allowed to retire. Um, I've recently met in clinic the son of someone who I looked after in an earlier clinic, and I've also recently met a couple of people, one now a consultant, who says that they remember being taught by me as a medical student. I did check. It was mostly for the right reasons that they remembered me, which was a relief. So I suspect that a few of us have got patients that we measure time against. And I suppose that that's unless you're a neonatologist, but there is a shock. I don't know if you've experienced this. You call the familiar name of a five-year-old in clinic and upstands and then lumbers in a gangly youth, uh, complete with cliches from the big cliche box of, of adolescence. And this sort of surprises, I suppose, a medical corollary of ageing, the same sort of shock you get when you realise, as Billy Connolly has observed, that you've started making grunting noises every time you bend down to pick something off the floor. But the fact that my patients get older shouldn't be a surprise, and the fact that they need different things from me, and then ultimately a different person from me, is probably as predictable as anything can be in paediatrics. So in this month's edition, we carry a paper from Nagra et al. and also some further comments from McDonough et al. about a practical approach to transition. So I'm a general paediatrician. I work in a tertiary centre. And I have to say, I found this ready-steady-go approach helpfully generic because the patients that I need help with transition um, to, go, to go through transition are relatively uncommon. I'm not that expert in it. In fact, each patient's usually got quite different needs. I'll not have good working relationships with every adult service for each patient I need to take through the process. And in fact, there are some for whom the adult counterpart has not yet been invented. So you might have noticed a quite strong neurological and developmental flavour to some of the articles we've been carrying in this and other recent volumes. This is for a couple of reasons. Firstly, neurologists seem to have been enthusiastic in pitching their papers to me. And incidentally, if you want to pitch a paper to me, I'd like to hear about it. Secondly, and as a consequence of this, I enlisted Arnab Seal and Manish Prasad to lend me a hand in curating some of these papers, get the right balance between the basics and understanding really complex stuff as well in neurology. So this month, we've got Calambella and Hussein on excessive daytime sleepiness, which if I'm actually going to try and reincorporate themes here, I might refer to my own aging process, but actually is an excellent structured approach to this rather common presentation. Babikar and Prasad give us a companion paper to their earlier winners of seizure, not of seizure, and this time they focus on the older child, and I've made that paper this month's editor's choice. 
And then we have clues and colleagues on autoimmune encephalitis, which is one of those conditions that worries me because I don't know enough about it. Then in addition to this, and in the category of um, of, of things about which I nod knowledgeably, but have rarely understood as well as this, is um, we've got Helen's Williams, who is characteristically excellent on Chiari 2 malformations. There are loads of other excellent papers that I hope you enjoyed this month. Um, remember, do remember, if you're thinking of writing, uh, you should take a look at the blog, please. Um, uh, look at uh, blogs.bmj.com ADC and get in touch. Um, we can offer lots of support if you want to write and have got something that you want to say. So a parting thought on ageing. It strikes me that in the next few weeks, I won't be allowed to see any longer any new patients born in the same millennium as me. So lastly, the reason for the fireworks. Well, if you went for Guy Fawkes night or um, bonfire night, you'd be wrong because that was about six days ago, although the that does seem to spread for a while. So I live in Birmingham and the fireworks outside offer Diwali, which is a Hindu festival, for those of you who aren't in the know. Um, and basically, well, as far as I can tell in Birmingham, they have they, and people require very little excuse to have fireworks all the time. Anyway, over and out. I hope you've enjoyed this month's edition. Yours. <laughs>